from. Um, we're going to read it together once it's up there on the screen. There we go. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And then just go to the next slide, please, Peter. Today, like Paul said, we are looking at service and mercy. That if serving is your gift, then serve. If, it, if your gift is to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. That's what we're going to highlight today. We're going to combine these two gifts together because they do have some similarities. So I'm just interested, if you don't mind sharing by show of hands, if you've taken the gift assessment or if you feel like you know what your gifts are from Romans 12, who has mercy and service as maybe your top two or three? All right, quite a few people. That's I love, I love learning about the gifts that different people have. It just it helps us to understand one another so much more and receive from one another. Um, and on my heart this morning, I had this verse from 2 Timothy 1.6, where Paul is encouraging like his spiritual son, Timothy. 2 Timothy 1.6, and he says, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. And we all know how oxygen helps a fire to roar. And I just sense that the Holy Spirit today wants to fan into flame these particular gifts in all of us. Like Paul was just sharing, all of us have service and mercy. I bet nobody got zero service and mercy on their, on their score. And, and it's something that all of us can grow in. And I believe the Holy Spirit wants to give oxygen to those flames today, to, give, to fan those flames into something bigger in each one of our lives, that we would serve and show mercy. Um, and I just want to give a simple definition of service to start with. A very simple definition of service is getting involved in practical tasks that need doing. These people uh, see gaps and they do them and they often are giving from their own time and energy. These people who have the gift of service um, usually are the most fulfilled when they are helping others. They're most fulfilled often even on a team that is doing something together to achieve a goal. And often these people uh, even take pleasure in doing something that seems impossible. Like if somebody says, oh, we, we could never achieve that, people who have the gift of service often have something rise up in them that says, we can do it. Come on, let's do it together. We can do this. And then often these people also don't even need to be asked to serve. Um, and I just, I have an example of that recently. Um, Rebecca Agarushe and I went out for coffee a couple months ago and uh, we were just talking and catching up with each other and this was before the women's event in October and I was telling Rebecca about the women's event and what we were going to be doing and I, I mentioned to her that we didn't have an activity planned yet for the women's event, that we, we needed some kind of interactive thing to do and that I was trying to come up with ideas but I'd been really busy and I hadn't had time, much time to think about it. Th I just mentioned that. Not even, it was just conversation. And a couple days later, I got this email from Rebecca where she had like four or five ideas that she had researched and said, what about these things that we could do at the women's event together? And you guys have no idea. That was like getting a piece of gold, honestly. For somebody like me, that was like getting the best gift that someone had, without being asked, gone out of their way 
to take her own time and energy and effort to put together a list of things that we could do as women. That might seem so insignificant, but it was so helpful. So we, we picked one of the activities, and then she took it upon herself to plan the activity, to come up with the questions for the activity, to print out, to find a place to print out the, the papers, to gather the pens, and then at the actual event she conducted the activity for me. So I didn't even have to think about it. I didn't have to get involved in it at all. That is a gift of service. That is seeing a need and doing it, just stepping into the need. She didn't take charge. She said, would this help? She offered the help, and yet it was actually so helpful. And so what ended up happening that morning, um, there were actually other women who helped. Penny helped with the flowers. Chris helped with the food. Uh, Priscilla was there greeting the women. And so what happened is that as people stepped up and served, it enabled me to step into one of my top gifts, which is leadership, and to focus on that gift. It enabled Vanessa, who was our speaker, to focus on her gifts of prophecy and teaching and encouragement. So th these gifts all work together. And when we work together, it releases the other gifts to also function in their place. Um, it's just like your body works together, right? I need, if my hand is paralyzed, then it's, it's not, my whole body's not going to be able to do its function. And I just want to read the first verses from Romans 12, um, where we get this idea of gifted. The, the previous verses say, for just as each of us has one body with many members, right? I've got one body with lots of different parts, like we all do. These members do not all have the same function. My hand does not have the same function as my arm, but they work together. So we in Christ are one body, we are one body with many parts, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. So just like you have a body, we are a body, and all the different parts work together um, to accomplish what needs to be done. And I want to just say to us, you know, like the example of that women's event, that was not just for us to have a nice moment of donuts and cider, right? That was to invite women in, maybe who have not heard God's love, they haven't heard truth, they haven't experienced community. It was to get a job done, right? It was to fulfill what God has put us on the earth for. And so our gifts, if we're going to, if we're going to get the job done, we need to bring our gifts to the table and we work together. So another example of service, this drum set right here, a lot of this drum set was donated to our church when we first started by Anthem Church in Chicago. You guys know Steve and Deborah Sudworth, who've been here a few times. And they donated, they had extra parts to a drum set. But we didn't have a complete drum set, and for many years we didn't have a drummer either. So that drum set sat in our basement for years, an incomplete drum set. So last year, Paul Kulik comes along, and he had his own drum set, an orange one, he's got part of it here today, that he played for a while. But then he wasn't just happy just to only serve as a drummer, he also saw another gap, and he thought, if you guys have partial drum set, let's see what we can do about that. So he had some extra pieces in his house that he wasn't using. He went to a drum store, traded those pieces in to complete this drum set, and then he spent hours coming to our house to train Peter to play the drum set, because Peter just used to only play the cajon box drum. And I don't know if you guys noticed, last Sunday, Peter played this drum set for the first time, because Paul had invested his time. 
and his effort, that is service. He saw a gap and he met a need without being asked. He didn't even, he wasn't even asked to do that. That's an example of service. And, and that has actually moved us forward leaps and bounds as a worship team. It wasn't just one person stepping in to serve, but now he's created capacity to have other people be able to play the drums as well. You guys see that, how useful service is? And I want to encourage you, if you have this gift of service, which many of you have indicated, I want to encourage you to step up and use your gift. When you see a gap, don't hold back. Step into that place and say, what can I do? Now, in a, I think it's two weeks from now, we're going to look at the gift of generosity, and that is similar in a lot of ways to service, but it's a little different because a lot of times it's giving of your material wealth, of your, of your money, Whereas service, not that it won't touch your pocketbook, but service is often giving your time, your, your, your strength, your effort. Um, it's bringing, it's going to cost you personally of your own um, uh, resource on the inside of you. It's, 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 it's a different kind of giving. Um, and then I want to talk about mercy as well. Like I said, we're going to look at both of these gifts. And just a simple definition of mercy is showing compassion empathy and kindness to others, particularly those who are in need. So a person with the gift of mercy is a responder. You see need and you respond to that need. It's just a, a natural reaction to you. Maybe as a child you have, have responded that way your whole life, and now into adulthood you still carry that same heart. It makes me think of the first responders, you know, uh, police officers or uh, people who work in emergency services. They're the ones who are the ones to respond when there's a, a critical need. And it's similar, even if you aren't in that profession, you have a similar heart. You see a need that's desperate or that someone maybe no one else is helping them. They're in a desperate situation. You have something in you that wants to respond to that. You're the kind of person who looks for ways to connect with people. And one of your motivations in wanting to connect with people is that you want to help them. You want to find out what's going on with them so that you can be helpful in their lives. Uh, this gift often is somebody who defends the defenseless and who stands up for others. Often someone with a gift of mercy is a voice for the marginalized and often has a strong sense of justice. That when they see that people are being treated unfairly or someone doesn't have a voice, that they want to be that voice for them so that they can get the help that they need. And Jesus is the ultimate example of both of these gifts service and mercy. We can look to Jesus when we want to know what does service look like, what does mercy look like. I want to give you two examples from scripture. First, service in the life of Jesus. Mark 10 verse 45 says, even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. So Jesus himself, he didn't come to receive service, he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Like I said a minute ago, service isn't just your money. You know, for some people, it's easy to give money. Maybe it's not easy for others to give money, but some people, it's easy to give money. Service is something different. It's giving your life, and that's what Jesus did. He laid down his life. It costs something from the inside. That's what service is, and Jesus is our example of that, and then an example of mercy in the life of Jesus comes from Matthew 20, verses 30 through 34. It says, two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. And the crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet. 
But they shouted all the louder to Jesus, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. They were blind, and they, they didn't have what they needed. And, you know, so often in our society, we see people in need, and our society sometimes will try to, you know, just put them, tell them to be quiet or to ignore them. Often, often people in need get ignored. But they were crying out to Jesus, and I think they were crying out to Jesus for mercy even when they were told to be quiet, they kept crying out, I believe, because they knew he would give them mercy. So they were reaching out to him. And it says that Jesus stopped and he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? And it says they said, Lord, we want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them and he touched their eyes and immediately they received their sight and they followed him. So it says that Jesus had compassion and often that gift of mercy works with compassion. They were crying out for mercy, and Jesus responded in compassion. People who need mercy, our response from our hearts is one of compassion. And, and Jesus performed a miracle there, right? He, he healed their blindness. But I think that's so interesting that it, w it came from a place of mercy, though. It wasn't just to perform this powerful miracle to show how powerful he was. It came from a place of mercy. And I think sometimes the supernatural that the Holy Spirit wants to do through us will often come from a place of mercy and compassion on the inside of us. Uh, you know, Paul talked last week about how there's different lists of gifts in the Bible. One of the other lists of gifts is 1 Corinthians 12, where we read about the gifts of the Spirit. Um, and some of the gifts of the Spirit are things like healing, miracles, um, and I believe sometimes those things function in our lives with our grace gift, that we feel compassion, we feel mercy. We see someone who has a need and we realize, I cannot meet that need, but the Holy Spirit can. And so we ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I'm trusting you to work through me supernaturally to meet that need. So often we see, I think, these, these particular gifts working together like they did there in the life of Jesus. And I want to encourage us to ask God, you know, we often can't meet the need of people around us, but he can. And he just wants somebody who's willing to say, I'm moved with compassion. I'm moved with a heart of mercy. God, meet this need through me. I will be an open vessel for you to meet this need. So we need to be like Jesus, just like he was in both of those examples, that he laid his life down and that he had mercy and compassion on people. And, you know, I think sometimes, no matter what our gifts are, Sometimes we come to a situation and we feel like we've got the key. We feel like, oh yeah, I know how to do that. I'm good at that. I have this gift. I can, like the example I gave of Rebecca, she's, she's motivated to serve. She saw a need. She had the key. She's like, oh yeah, I can do that. I do that well. But then there's other times where there's a need in front of us and we're like, oh, I don't really have that key. I'm not good at that one. I don't, oh my goodness. But I feel like sometimes God will put those situations in front of us so we can grow. And I think service and mercy particularly, God will put those things in front of us, even if service and mercy is low on our score, so that we can grow in service, so that we can grow in mercy. And I want to encourage you just to go ahead and step out in those areas um, because we can tap into God's mercy. We can tap into God's heart of service and be like Jesus, right? We can just be like him. Jesus told us in Luke 6, 36, he told his disciples, he said, be merciful just as your father is merciful. I want to encourage us to have a heart of mercy, have a heart of compassion on others because our father is that way and we have his spiritual DNA. It's in us. We just need to let it flow. 
We have an opportunity as a church in the next couple of weeks to do a, an, op, a, an act of service in our community. Um, and we're going to do a Thanksgiving outreach. You can go ahead and put that up, Peter. In the next two weeks, um, we're going to work with JJ's house, who are some friends of ours. They live on the east side of Detroit. And they, they live in a neighborhood where they serve their neighbors. They serve the families in their neighborhood. And every year they do a Thanksgiving outreach to families who maybe would not be able to afford a Thanksgiving meal. They already have all of the turkeys donated, but they've invited churches and individuals to partner with them. So we're going to have these bags on the table in the foyer as you leave today. And if you would like to, you can take a bag, and it's got a slip of paper in it that has this list on it of the things that you can go and fill the bag with. You can go to wherever you usually shop. You don't have to go to Aldi. Um, I went and I filled the bag this past week. I did happen to go to Aldi and it cost about $25 to get all of these items. But you can shop wherever you normally shop and then we just need to get this bag back either this Sunday or the next Sunday. So we have two weeks to do it. And I just want to ask you to uh, be involved in this, and let's let's serve our community. This is both an act of service and an act of mercy, to have compassion on those in need, and we can do something about that. I do want to ask that you only take a bag if you do actually plan to fill it and bring it back so that we can uh, be confident that we tell them how many bags they can expect to receive from us. Um, but this is just an opportunity for people to actually encounter Jesus and to be shown the love of God by meeting a practical need. I want to share a story from the life of Jesus that illustrates service and mercy working together in his life. In Matthew 21, I'm not going to actually read from it, I'm just going to tell you the story, but you can find the story in Matthew 21. Um, we read that Jesus had told, he told his disciples to go to a village and he said, you're going to find a donkey in this village, and I want you to untie that donkey and bring it to me. And if anybody asks you, hey, what are you doing with that donkey? Just tell them the master needs the donkey. So he doesn't tell them why to go get the donkey. He just asks them to do it. And I want us to think about that for a second. That could have been, we don't know what was happening in their lives in that moment, that day. It could have been an inconvenient moment. Like, okay, I got to go get this donkey. They don't know what they're doing. It might seem like an odd request. But what happened was that Jesus ends up riding this donkey into Jerusalem. And I know that many of us are familiar with the story. He gets on this donkey, and he rides it into Jerusalem. And as he starts riding in, the people, the crowds, they started laying down their cloaks, like as um, almost like a red carpet for him. They started getting the branches off of the palm trees and waving them. And they were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And Jesus was about to, he would never leave Jerusalem again before he went to the cross. He was actually about to go to the cross in the next few days. And his disciples didn't fully understand all of that yet. They didn't know what was happening. And they also didn't understand that in that moment, Jesus was fulfilling a prophecy from Zechariah 9, verse 9, that actually predicted that the king would come gentle and riding on a donkey. Jesus was that humble king, and he came in on a donkey, which is like symbol, symbolizing humility, and, and he was about to lay down his life a few days later in service. His ultimate act of mercy was about to happen. So what those disciples did in going to get that donkey, a, a, 
seemingly meaningless act of service. It, it probably felt so insignificant to them, but it provided a way in that moment for the crowds to interact with Jesus. It provided uh, an opportunity for people to really see and proclaim who Jesus was and for a key prophecy to be fulfilled. And even today, 2,000 plus years later, we still mark that moment with Palm Sunday. We still remember it. And yet, if those disciples had not done that simple act of going to get a donkey, none of that would have happened. And so we need to not think small of our acts of service that God acts of us. They're actually really powerful, and they, they, they are key. Even if you think about what happens here on Sundays, you know, Paul was joking at the beginning how much we missed Mickey this morning, because Mickey does so much around here. But this morning, we were here at nine o'clock. There was probably a, a team of about 10 people that it took to put all this up, to set up the sound, to make the coffee, to set up the stuff in the foyer, to set up the kids' materials, to greet at the door. And you know, when you're doing one of those tasks, like making coffee every, every Sunday, it can feel kind of meaningless. And yet, it all works together to provide this context where people can come in and experience the presence of God, have fellowship with one another, hear the word of God, worship together, and potentially experience Jesus. That is so significant. There is nothing more significant in this life. And so the, the little acts of service that we do can help people to actually see Jesus. This Thanksgiving outreach that we're going to do, as our friends on the east side of Detroit give out these packs, these people are going to tangibly, ex tangibly experience the love of God. They're going to hear a message that God loves you people who maybe have not experienced that before in their lives. So you taking this little bag and going to the grocery store and buying green beans might actually mean that somebody sees Jesus. So don't belittle your acts of service and your acts of mercy. I want to end by just sharing a word of caution for us. For those of us especially who are very gifted in service and mercy, if these are your strengths. Our strengths and our gifts I, I heard an, uh, an analogy that our strengths and our gifts can be like mountains. If you think of a mountain, a mountain is strong. So the mountains in your life, the strengths in your life, think of them as a mountain. And if you look at a mountain, depending on what time of day it is, that mountain is going to have a sunny side and it's going to have a shadow side. And our strengths are like that. There's a sunny side to our strengths, but there's also a shadow side to our strength. In, in other words, there's things we need to look out for that kind of hide in the darkness. And so for those of us who are really motivated for service and mercy, if we're not careful, these motivations can drive us into frantic activity. You know what I'm talking about? Where you're constantly serving, and you're constantly trying to meet every, meet, every need that is all around you. And there were two sisters in scripture who we can learn a lot from, Mary and Martha. And Mary was the one who liked to sit at the feet of Jesus. Whenever Jesus was around, she would just sit and be with him and listen to him. And Martha, she was the one who was making all the food and he was running around and making sure everybody had what they needed and making sure Jesus had what he needed. And what happened with Martha, her vice was that she got bitter that she was like, Jesus, do you see that? Do you see that I'm the only one who was doing all this work? And Mary's just sitting there. And you know what Jesus said? He said, Martha, 
you're doing a lot of serving, but Mary, she actually is the one who got it right. That's what he told her. She chose the better portion, is what Jesus said. Because all of our serving first needs to come from a place of fellowship with Jesus. But you know what? In another place in Scripture, Jesus actually set, Scripture actually records that Jesus loved Martha. That's what it says, and I love that Scripture so much because I, I tend to be somebody who, who serves a lot and gets involved, and I read that one day, and I was like, oh, Lord, you love us. You love the ones of us who serve. So it's not that Jesus didn't love her service. He did. He loved it, and he loved her. But he was just trying to point out to her, look, put what's first first. Let your serving come from a place of fellowship with the Lord. Let your serving come from a place of love uh, with Jesus so that, so that our hearts can be healthy, so that we cannot burn ourselves out, so that we can let, make sure that it's coming from a pure place, that those waters don't get muddied. Um, in our community group, since we started this gifted series, uh, particularly on the first night, there, I loved it because our group was really vulnerable with one another, very open, and there were several people who were honest and said, this gift that I have, and it wasn't just service and mercy, it was several different gifts, but this particular gift that I have, I feel like I've pulled back from it in my life because I tried to really be involved and give myself in that way, and I got hurt or I failed, or I got burned out, or the world took advantage of that gift. And that's what will happen sometimes with our gifts, is that they will be misused and abused, or we will use them in a, in a way that isn't connected to Jesus, and we end up getting burned out. Um, but when we find our gift in its proper connection with Jesus, a fellowship with him, putting him first, saying, Lord, how do you want me to use this gift to serve? It's like it finds its rightful place, and it begins to flourish and blossom in that context. 1 Peter 4.11 says, If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides. And I think that's so key for service, because service is that gift that really takes some of our own personal strength. It takes some of our own personal vitality. But we need to do it in the strength that God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. If you're feeling uh, like your tank is kind of empty in the area of service, I want to encourage you, don't only draw from your own natural strength. There is a strength that God provides for service, and be encouraged in that today. He wants to give you the strength for that. So there's a right way and a wrong way to function in service and mercy. I would say, is your tank being filled by serving? Or is your tank being emptied? That's a key indicator because when you're doing your gift, you should actually feel, feel filled by it. So even though you're giving out, it's filling your tank. But if you're just feeling depleted all the time, maybe you need to adjust the way that you're serving and really go back to the Lord and ask the Lord to fill you in those areas so that you can give out. And I just want to, my prayer is that as a church, we would be a group of people who serve really well but that we do it from a place of fellowship with the Lord and not from a place of being driven or feeling like we have to, that we would be known for our service, but it, that we would more than anything be known for our love for Jesus and our passion for him and that our service and our mercy would flow from that. Um, so there may be some people even here today who feel like you've been hurt in the past when you have poured out your life in service 
or poured out your life in mercy, meeting the needs of others. You feel like maybe it went badly for you. You had some bad experiences. There may even be some people who have said specifically in the area of church, I will never do that again. I will never serve on that level again because I got burned out. I got taken advantage of, and you just have decided I'm not going there again. I understand that. I do understand that reaction, and even for a moment, to pull back and to reevaluate. But if we stay in that state, then eventually we're going to miss what God is doing. Because God is a God of service and mercy. That's who Jesus is, and that's who he leads us to do. That's where we're going to encounter him, and that's where others are going to encounter him as we serve and as we show mercy. So we can't allow ourselves to stay in a place of hurt or bitterness or burnout. We need to let him fill us. We need to let him heal us. We need to let him begin to unlock these gifts again and put them in their rightful place and begin to cause them to come from our lives again. Again, what we just read says, do it with the strength that God provides. And what we read at the beginning this morning from Romans 12, specifically about the gift of mercy, the instruction is that if you have the gift of mercy, do it cheerfully. If you're not being able to show mercy cheerfully, check, check where it's coming from, because it should flow from your heart cheerfully. So we're going to take a moment and pray.